you know, I've been around a while. So, and I love our worship. But uh, I was thinking of hymns this morning. <laughs> and um, it goes along with the message. So I'm good with that. But there's an old song we used to sing. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Hallelujah. I get the privilege uh, every once in a while to go into the Polk apartment to minister to the residents uh, of the Polk apartment, those that want to show up. And uh, of course, they don't know Bethel music. And uh, they don't even know Hosanna Integrity. So uh, we're, we're doing hymns. And um, I love doing hymns, but I like to remix them. You know, I, I, I like to do it with a little uh, jazzy flair, uh, you know, uh, hold, hold a pause a little longer than it, than it should be. But they're just stuck on, you know, the way the book says or, or whatever's in their mind the way it should be. And so um, it's just nice. But uh, anyway, why did I sing that song? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word. You know, the scripture says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. How do we trust in the Lord with all of our heart? Well, one of the ways, it's not the only way, but one of the ways is to trust his word. To trust his word, uh, even in the face of contrary circumstances. I don't know if you've ever faced contrary circumstances or not. Contra what is a contrary circumstance? A contrary circumstance is when you have the promise of the Lord that you're believing and standing on, and, and the circumstances around it looks like everything else is true than the word that you're standing on. And so uh, I want to talk uh, this morning about uh, bringing heaven's reality here on earth. Bringing heaven's reality here on earth. And I want to, uh, actually it's funny because uh, I preached a message two weeks ago. It was nothing like Joel's, but I used the scripture that he used. And then he used it last week. And then he told me, because I, I was talking about it this morning. He says, well, I used it last year. <laughs> hey, man, I've been using this Bible for years. <laughs> So uh, I think he was try, trying to think that, I, that he was copying me. I wasn't saying that. but So uh, I want to, uh, I started this message two weeks ago. I only got through uh, just a very small portion of it. But I, uh, but I, I want to shift it in, uh, in our thinking to bringing heaven's realities 
here on, uh, on the earth right now. And the, one of the best ways I can do it, uh, that, that I can do it, is bringing heaven's realities in our personal lives, also bringing heaven's realities in our corporate life. What do I mean by corporate? As we, the church, the corporate body of Christ, are together, uh, that's the corporate body of Christ. So, so, we, so as, we, as we come together, uh, we can see, I believe, more manifestations of God. I thought it was uh, very interesting this morning. Um, Loretta got up and gave a word, and um, she talked about uh, angels, seeing angels. So I've never seen an angel that I know of because they come as angels unaware. Uh, I kind of had a couple of suspicions a couple of times, but I wasn't quite sure. But uh, anyway, I've been praying for, uh, for I've been inviting the, uh, the angelic army into our midst. I've been, I've been, now we've had people that have said all along that they've seen angels, they've seen angels around the property to, to see that the vision comes to pass. But uh, I, want to, uh, I want to create an atmosphere where there is not only seeing angels, but uh, there's also the manifestation of angels and what they do. Now, we know that, oh, I know that uh, in the scriptures, there's one particular angel that would come down and stir the waters, and the first one that would step in would be healed. So apparently, angels are involved in the healing of physical bodies. They are, uh, they are a part of our deliverance. They are a part of, of direction. They are, they are a part. I believe that they're more of a part of our lives than we give them credit for. The scripture says that, and I wasn't planning on talking about angels this morning, but the scripture says that, that uh, beware lest you offend one of these little ones because you know, their angel is in the presence of the Father. So every individual, every believer has, a, has an angel assigned. I believe I have more than one because, uh, you know, if, if, if you're not keeping your angel active, they're probably coming over and helping me because <laughs> I need a lot of help. Thank you, Jesus. Also, the scripture says about angels that angels are, are given to work for the, those that are heirs of salvation. Are you an heir of salvation? Well, if you're an heir of salvation, they are working in your behalf to see that, uh, that the benefits and the realities and the destinies of, of, of God's plan comes to pass in your life. You're not doing it on your own. I think Joel did a, a wonderful job last week of, of bringing a, cor, uh, a message that, that, will, uh, that encourages corporate activity. What do I mean by corporate activity? You're not a lone ranger. You'll never make it as a lone ranger. Lone. What is lone? Now, we know he had Tonto, but that was only for a little while. Because there was, a, there was about 3,000 Indians that surrounded the Lone Ranger and Tano. The Lone Ranger said, Tano, we're in trouble. Tano said, not me, white man. So anyway. <laughs> so that's where the Lone Ranger, he's alone. You know, you, 
you know, the, the movies glorify and magnify loners. They magnify uh, a machoism. They've magnified these, uh, the only thing we're good for is destruction. But the reality is that we're good for more than destruction. We are good. I'm talking about men right now. That we're good for more than destruction. We are good for more than watching television. We're good for more than, uh, than just going to, going to work. We are here to manifest the kingdom of God. Amen. We're here to manifest the reality. And so uh, I started a couple weeks ago, and, and Joel mentioned the Psalm 27, 13. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then Joel gave a real good definition last week about losing heart. And he, he said, it, was, he said it, it comes from becoming numb. Have you ever gone through portions of your life where you just feel numb? You're going through the motions you're coming to church, you might be paying your tithes, you might be smiling when, when pe people ask you, how you doing? Well, everybody's good in church because I've asked people for years and everybody's good, it's great. I remember asking people how they were doing. You know, we're great, pastor. And then to find out a couple weeks later, they're getting a divorce. They're good. I'm good. Well, we've got to be, we've got to live a corporate lifestyle to where we can get beyond our, uh, our fears. We can get beyond the place where we think that we just have to appear good. We don't always have to appear good because the psalmist said he was losing hearts. He was numb. He was numb. I hate to say this because it's a bad confession, but uh, my mother, used, my parents used to call me numbskull. <laughs> Talk about positive confessions, right? Hallelujah. And I, you know, I, it was just so hard for me to preach. It was so hard for me to get up and talk to people. Because I had this, in the, and that's, that was one of the mild things they used to call me. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get a tear or a response. I'm just telling you that it, I had to overcome these issues in my life so that I could get to the place where I could bring heaven's reality into my life. I have to bring heaven's reality into my life before I can bring heaven's reality into someone else's life. Now, that doesn't mean if you're, if, uh, if, if you're sick or you're having physical problems, you can't pray for people because you can. Some of you don't remember, but uh, I used to, the old timers, they got the old timers. Remember when I, my, my left eye was over there towards my left ear? <laughs> one, one family said, the, when I said this, I said my, my uh, left eye was in my left ear. He says, how did you get it? <laughs> I was just making a figure of it. But I had a lazy eye, and that left eye would go way over. You know, but I still prayed for the sick. Yeah. You know, 
You can still do things even though you don't necessarily have the manifestation in your life. You can still do what the Word says. So I would have lost heart. A lot of times we lose heart because we don't feel like we've arrived yet. You know, even Billy Graham said he didn't pray enough. If he, Billy Graham doesn't seem like he pray enough. How are we ever going to match up, right? So you're always going to have this sense of, I'm not doing enough, or I'm not doing this enough, or that enough. But the reality is, is Christ is enough. I'm not strong enough, but Christ is strong enough, and Christ lives in me. I personally can't heal the sick, but Christ in me can heal the sick. I personally can't cast out demons, but Jesus inside me can cast out demons. I personally can't save someone, but Jesus Christ in me can save someone. How about you? Is Jesus in you? That's why the enemy wants us to lose heart, because if we lose heart, then we focus on ourselves, we get numb, and we draw back from our destiny and purpose. Somebody say, what is my destiny? Well, one of your destinies is to go to heaven, but not yet. Some people are confused. They well, what is my destiny? Your destiny is that you are going, is that you are a child of God and everything God has promised belongs to you. And one of those things is that we get to go to heaven. And also we get to bring heaven here. You know, um, I'll have to admit this, but um, I was so focused on bringing the kingdom of God here that I neglected to talk about the kingdom of God there. The only time I'd ever talk about heaven is when somebody went. But you know, uh, Jesus is coming back. The Bible says he's coming back for those who love his appearing. Now that doesn't mean I sit down and wait for him and do nothing. Jesus is coming. No, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I am also proclaiming the message of his salvation return until he comes. Jesus said before he left, he said to occupy till I come. So he said, I'm coming back, but don't just sit around while I'm gone. Occupy. Well, the first thing I think we should occupy is our brain. <laughs> Because the enemy, occupy, what's occupy? Occupy is a military term. You've already defeated the enemy, but you've moved your troops in to take over and establish your, your authority. I don't know about you, but I wasn't born a Christian. I wasn't raised in a Christian family, even though my mother was a Christian. Um, she didn't have a lot of knowledge. Because I asked her, why did Jesus cast the, the demons into the pigs? You know, because I was an animal rights lover, you know. I like pork, and I didn't want any demons in my bacon. <laughs> well, she didn't, she told me, uh, I forget what she told me. <laughs> it wasn't right, though. <laughs> I started reading the Bible. I said, why are those Jews raising pigs? Anyway, yeah, just a thought. So I, had, I wasn't raised a Christian, so I wasn't, I wasn't fortunate enough. Like, you know, some of your kids are really blessed. 
Some of your kids are really blessed because they were raised in an atmosphere where they are taught the, not only about Jesus and Jesus loves and that Jesus saves, but they're taught, they're taught about the kingdom of God and how to bring the kingdom of God into manifestation. You're blessed. They're blessed also because you are living a life that supports the kingdom of God. Aren't you? <laughs> I just thought I'd ask. You're living a life that supports. It's not just them hearing about it at church, because that's what I used to do. I used to be able to hear about it as much as I was taught in the Baptist church. And I thank God for the Baptists. Hey, man, they got us saved. Hallelujah. By grace you are saved, for all have sinned. That was probably the first scripture I ever learned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hallelujah, there's more to that, though. Being justified freely by His grace. We didn't hear about that one. But anyway, I'm not here to pick on anybody. But we, our children are blessed because they're being taught the Word, they're being taught the kingdom of God. They're being taught how to live. They're even being taught how to move in the supernatural. They're being taught how to hear the voice of God. The only thing, the only time I ever heard about hearing the voice of God was, is when Jesus told you to come to the altar. After that, you're on your own. But we used to sing a song and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And one guy used to say, and so much more. <laughs> yeah, we'd sing about Jesus talking to us, but he only talked to us if we needed to go to the altar. Well, how many of you know Jesus can, can tell you more than just what you need to do to go to the altar? I remember he fixed my marriage. How about that? I wasn't always as sweet as I am right now. Because <laughs> think of the family I came from. You know, I didn't, have no, I didn't have a clue what love was. I didn't know what love was. To be honest with you, can I be honest with you? To be honest with you, my idea of love was sex. That all I, that's all I knew about. So after, you know, and I, you know, I was smart enough. And I wasn't deceptive. I wasn't trying to be deceptive. But, you know, I knew you had to tell uh, my, my <laughs> this, is, this is the advice I got from my dad, okay? <laughs> tell them lies and feed them candy. Well, I'm really true confession today, you know, but I'm not like that no more because she don't want to eat candy. <laughs> and I know better than the lie because she's prophetic. So, you know, <laughs> you can't hardly do anything when your wife's prophetic, especially kids. You know, kids, if your mother's prophetic, you know they know what you're going to do. You can't, even, you can't even put on a good poker face. They know you did something. 
Hallelujah. Well, so are we going to ever get there? I might be able to preach this message for a year. Who knows? <laughs> somebody, uh, I think it was somebody said, uh, tell me I need to start preaching in series. Well, this must be what it is. I don't <laughs> but I would have lost hope unless I had believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We need to occupy our mind. We need to take over the old mindsets that, would, that, we were, that we lived by, that we were driven by, and actually we thought were the truth. How many of you realize we're not being really told the truth in the media? I don't know if you noticed that or not. You know, <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know what, I even some, you know, and I even get some things on Facebook that, you know, it's look like it's news and stuff like that. But I start, I thought, well, I'm going to check this out. And some of the things on, you know, it wasn't true. Didn't believe it was true. But hallelujah. So we, we know that the truth, we will know the truth and the truth shall make us free. We need to be people of truth. And the way we become people of truth is to walk in faith. And the way we walk in faith is to hear the word of God. And the word of God by the Logos and the word of God by the Spirit. When, the, when Jesus walks with us and talks with us and tells us we are his own. And not only that, but more than that, he tells us more than just come to the altar. He told, he told me how to fix my marriage. It was tough fixing Melody, but yeah. <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> Have you ever heard? <laughs> oh, I, you know, I've learned a long time ago. I don't have to tell her. You'll be back there before she ever hears the tape. <laughs> That's like the three preachers got together. They were going to be honest with each other. They said, um, you, know, we, you know, brothers, for us to get closer, we need to, uh, we need to be honest with each other. So the one guy said, well, you know, to have a problem with you, or to tell you the truth, I've had a problem with the offering. You know, I just, they don't pay me enough, so I have to dip in. Now, this isn't a true story. So. <laughs> not, at least not anybody I know. One guy said, you know, uh, you know I have a problem with, with women. You know. And the other guy said, uh, man, I have a problem with tailbearing. And I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> you know what tailbearing is? Spreading gossip. I should have said gossip. I have a problem with gossip and I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> so anyway, where did that come from? Okay. So what are we doing to bring heaven's realities into our lives? Well, one thing I've already mentioned is that we have to hear the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so you also, Jesus said, take heed 
what you hear. You need to watch also, watch what you hear. You don't want to let just garbage in because you know that garbage in, then garbage out. So we see in Hebrews 13.9, do not be carried away with various and strange doctrines. For it is good that the heart be established by grace. I like what somebody from Bethel said, if you're not anchored in the goodness of God, you will lower your theology to match your pain. You will lower, if you're, let me read it again. It says, if you're not anchored. Now I'm familiar with what an anchor is and what it's for. If you're on a ship and you, and you don't drop the anchor when you're in port, that ship will drift either to shipwreck or it will drift out to sea. You'll lose it. Because why? Well, one thing I remember, you know, because I was, I was, my first port of call uh, was uh, Nice, France. And uh, so I left the ship, but we were part, uh, moored out in the harbor and we had to take a, a boat from the ship to the land. And I was looking back at the boat and just... So I went in and did my thing and then came back to the boat. And the boat was completely 180 degrees from where it was. You know, the winds were blowing that ship around, but the anchor held it. The anchor holds, though the ship is battered. (laughs) The anchor holds in spite of the storm. I have fallen on my knees, whatever. The anchor holds. Yes, the winds are going to blow, but are you anchored in the grace of God? If you're not anchored in the grace of God, you will lower your theology to match your pain. What What do you mean by lower my theology? I will not expect the goodness and the grace of God, I will interpret God through the lens of my pain. I will see God through my pain. Thank you, Jesus. So we not only have to, we not only have to believe that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, You have to do more than believe. You know, uh, the scripture says, I think it's in one of of Timothy's uh, epistles, Paul's uh, letter to Timothy, that Jesus is the savior of the whole world, especially those that believe. How many of you know that every, really Jesus has died for everyone. He didn't need to do it again. Everyone has that ability to receive the grace of God. Everyone has that ability. And they might even believe it. But you have to declare it. What did Jesus say? If you you deny me before man, of course, this is one of those negative scriptures. If you deny me before man, 
I'll deny you before my Father. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. That's why, uh, you know, every once in a while, I just like to have people stand up and say, Jesus is my Lord. Why? Because it gives them that opportunity to express their faith. You know, I think it's not just a one and done deal. I mean, it's one and done for for me to become a child of God. But I want to be confessing that Jesus is my Lord on a continual basis. You know, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The more I call upon his name, the more his presence manifests in my life. So this isn't a once and done. Yeah, yeah, you're saved. But I just want to do more than get to heaven. I want to experience some of heaven here. And I also want to give some of heaven to other people. So, familiar scripture, but it's still good. How many of you ever had a steak before? Is it good? No, I'm a vegan. Okay, okay. Have you ever had a uh, sataki mushroom, you know, cooked like a steak? <laughs> what is that big mushroom? Like? Portabella. portabella, yeah. Have you ever had a big portabella, you know? For the vegans. <laughs> I used to be a vegan, but I gave that up. <laughs> I wanted to get into the meat of the word. So anyway. But he says, uh, he says in Romans 10, 8, he says, what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. He says that if you will, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So so we manifest the kingdom not only through believing, but we also manifest the kingdom of God through declaring, confessing, speaking. I think the more we speak about the kingdom, not just in a church service, but the more we speak about the kingdom, the more the, uh, the, more the reality of it we will experience. Uh, there's another portion um, in James chapter 2, the latter part of the verse, uh, latter part of the chapter. Um, He speaks, I can't find it right at the moment, but uh, James asked the question, do you believe God? Or do you believe in God? And he says, you do well. Even the demons believe and also tremble. So there's more than just believing it, more than just confessing it. There has to be a corresponding action to what you believe. Corresponding action to what you believe. So he says uh, in verse, um, let's start with 24. James 2, 24, he says, 
You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without works is dead also. So what am I talking? I'm not talking about your salvation today. How many of you are saved? Even after what I just preached, you're still saved? Praise God. Okay. Well, that's good. You have assurance of salvation. But salvation is more than just getting your ticket into heaven. Salvation is more than just, well, I show up and I got my ticket. No, salvation is here and now. I receive salvation here and now. I receive God's blessing now. I receive God's favor now. I receive God's protection now. I perceive, I receive God's provision now and everything heaven has to offer. It is my, it is my duty, I believe, to bring heaven here and manifest it in the earth. Uh, you know, we had a testimony last week, Antoinette. How's that arm doing? It's okay? Still good? She was prayed for, what was it, two weeks ago? Three, two weeks ago? Well, we, she was prayed for. And uh, she couldn't lift her arm. And uh, the, the, the healing team came up, prayed for her, and the next week she could, she could lift her arm. Hallelujah. I wanted to tell you, I wasn't prayed for, but... You know, at my age, um, you know what? Eh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but at my age, when you get good reports from the doctor, that's good news. And I was just at the VA. I had my annual uh, checkup, and they did my blood work and all that. And they were impressed with my numbers. They were impressed with my numbers. What do I mean by it? my cholesterol's good, my sugar's good. It's all good. It's all good. And I'll tell you what, last year I struggled physically. I got to where I didn't know if you could, I don't know if you ever if you noticed, but I was kind of limping up here last year. And I used to have to take a prescription for gout. Gout hurts. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't even wish gout on my worst enemy. It is like having a freight train parked on your big toe or wherever it attacks, because it's not just in your foot. There is a picture on the internet somebody drew of gout, and basically I've thought about this before, but... It was this demon with these big fangs just biting into someone's toe. And I thought about that myself. But you know what? I don't even have to take prescription for that anymore. My, my VA doctor was, she, she said, it's a little iffy. I don't know if I'd do that if I were you. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to do it. And I'm taking an over-the-counter thing, but I'm not doing the prescription. Because it's kind of like the saying, well, you know, you take this or do this, but your side effects could be this and this and this and this. I didn't want my liver shutting down. You know, I kind of needed my liver. My, I didn't want my liver to quiver. But every number was good. 
She even said my liver was good. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to give a testimony. Hallelujah. And that knee pain was gone. I had some other pain that was acute pain. I can't even tell you about that. But bless God, God got rid of it. I'm talking about pain that would make you want to cry. But God got rid of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We want to see the kingdom of God manifested. Hallelujah. Well, so we know we have to believe. Well, how do we believe? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have to be in a place or an atmosphere where we are receiving the word of God, just not on Sunday. I would almost, I'm not a betting man, but I'm almost bet there's not anybody here that eats a big meal on Sunday and waits until next Sunday to eat. Unless, so, yeah, I mean, there might be some fasters, but you don't fast all the time. Is there anybody here that eats a big meal on Sunday and waits until next Sunday to eat again? No, why? Because you'd get hungry. And because your body needs fuel. Well, the Word of God is fuel for your spirit. I don't wonder, I wonder why I'm not on fire anymore. Throw some logs on the fire. Throw some logs on the fire. I used, uh, I used to burn, uh, I used to, I had to clear, uh, clear the land on my property because I wanted to, to use this one section. And I mean, there was trees that had been laying in the water for years. It was like, I have a little swampy area in, in my yard. And these trees were laying there in the water for years. They were soaked. Well, I built a bonfire. And after I got that bonfire over up, I threw those logs that were still soaked on the fire. And guess what? They burned. They burned. Now, I'm not telling if you're just blowing on embers to throw your log on. But once you get a fire, once you get a fire going, you can burn anything. Oh, the, you know, this little light of mine. Well, let's bless God. Thank God for the little light, but let's throw a little more logs on there. This little light of mine. Yeah, a little light's good, but a little more's better. Well, I don't want to, you know, during the war, World War II, and they still do it now. You know, I I was on a destroyer, and uh, it was a warship. And at night, we would run without lights. We had no lights on the outside. And then at night, on the inside, they had these red lights so that if you open the door to go out on the deck, it wouldn't shine out. And so, you know, they, they wouldn't want you to smoke, because I didn't smoke, but they didn't want you to smoke out on the deck because an airplane could see that little 
light. And some of you are worried, well, if I let my light shine too much, the devil will attack me. He will attack you more the smaller your light is. The more your light burns, the more, the more, the more uh, you're going to bring retribution to, uh, to those spiritual members of ISIS. We're just not going to let them go. Hallelujah. Am I making any sense? One guy, hallelujah. Well, Noah preached. How long did Noah preach? And he only got uh, himself and his family saved. So, okay. So to manifest the kingdom of God, to manifest the kingdom of God, we have to believe, we have to hear the word of God. We have to declare the word of God and we have to act like we believe it. We have to act like we believe it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In Psalm 27, verse 13 again. But we were, the, the beginning scripture says, uh, I would have lost heart unless I had believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So the goodness of the Lord is what strengthens our heart. It strengthens our heart. If you have a weak heart, you, and I'm not talking about physical pump, but if you have a weak heart, if you have a weak spirit, you will, it will be very difficult for you to step out in believing and also confessing or declaring or also acting. You know, um, I, um, I preached salvation and healing for years, and I prayed for the sick for years. And, you know, every once in a while you get a, you get a, a victory. But uh, I remember hearing a story, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to do the stuff, you hang around with the people that are doing the stuff. Hallelujah. That's why if you, uh, if you want to, if you, if you want to get uh, better off financially, you don't hang around with people that are not well off financially. Not that you cut people off. I'm not terribly ignoring people. But you got to get with people that know a little more than you do. You know, if you're having if you're having issues, then you get then you need to get around people that have overcome those issues. So anyway, I'd been uh, preaching salvation and preaching healing for years, and you know, had minimal success. But it was when I went with Randy Clark that. I started seeing the miraculous on a consistent and steady basis. And one of the keys that I was missing in, in, uh, in my ministry to the sick was getting them to activate their faith. Getting them to activate. Now, you, don't, I, you know, when I pray for people, I say, you don't have to hurt yourself. 
because some people think, you know, if, if, they're, if they're hurt or wounded, they have to do something extreme. You don't have to do something extreme. If you can't move, if you can't move your, your arm, move your little finger. All you got to do is something small, and then things begin to happen. So that was a key that was missing for me to, to not only see the miraculous, but also to see the miraculous happen in other people's lives. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there a scripture in the word of God you're believing something for? Nobody? Come on. You, you are called believers, right? So let me ask that. Is there anybody here that has a promise from the word of God that you are believing for? Okay, thank you. Then you have to believe it. So faith comes by hearing. I have to keep on hearing. I have to keep on building my faith. I have to begin to declare it in some form or fashion. Because faith comes by here. Who do, who's the person you believe the most? Me? You don't believe me that much. You believe you. Your spirit believes you. So when you start saying it, then it begins to bring a reality in your life. And not only, you're not only believing, you're not only hearing about it, you're believing, you're beginning to acknowledge it, but now you also begin to act as if it is true. I remember one time, uh, we used to like to go to buffets because I used to like to buffet my body <laughs> like Paul did. Paul didn't buffet his body. He buffeted his body. But uh, I used to buff buffet my body. I think Travis still does, but I, I don't know for sure. <laughs> he, picture, he puts pictures on uh, Facebook of the stuff he's going to eat. And I'm thinking, okay. I used to tell some people uh, before, I said, you keep eating like that, you're going to look like me. Well, that was when I was 300 pounds. But anyway, so what, what was I talking about? <laughs> oh, buffet, buffeting my body. Um, I used to, I used to, oh yeah, that's it. Okay. I remember I'd just gone through uh, buffeting my body at the old country buffet. <laughs> Melody hated going there. But I liked a never-ending supply myself. <laughs> I must have not have even tasted it. You know, it just, just went, went down. But as I walked out the door, the Lord, you know, the Lord says, you have a poverty spirit. I have a poverty spirit. What are you talking about? You know, I believe, I believe, I believe you supply all my needs according to, to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He says you eat like you'll never have another chance to eat again. I'm not pointing no fingers because I'd still like to go to a buffet, but I'm not going Except after the men's meetings, we do go <laughs> to the buffet. 
Anyway. <laughs> but he said, you have a poverty spirit. You have a poverty mindset. Poverty mindset. He says, you eat like you're never going to get another meal again. Because <laughs> you ever, you know, some of us used to say, I got to get my money's worth. Got to get my money's worth. Well, you don't want to get your money's worth. And I'm not pointing no fingers. I'm not, it's nothing like that. I'm just telling what the Lord spoke to me because we not only have to believe, but we have to hear. And I couldn't, I'm, I mean, it might be in here. But I've read through the Bible and I don't find a scripture says that if you overeat at the buffet, you got a poverty mindset. <laughs> I just, I didn't find it. Not that I was looking for it either. I wasn't looking for that bit of information. And so for me, you know, I could have believed that. Oh, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe. And I confess, but I had to do something about it. I had to do something about it. So that got me on, the, on a road to recovery. And hey, and I'm overweight right now. But I'm working on it. Hallelujah. But I don't go to the buffet <laughs> I don't need any more of those words. Thank you, Jesus. So what are we going to do to bring the kingdom of God? Well, we have to believe. So what do we have to do to believe? We have to hear. We have to hear more than once. And how many of you know there's more than one voice in the world? How many of you know that uh, a once a week visit to the church is, and even though you get built up, I hope you get built up. Did you get built? Anybody get built up today? <laughs> Hallelujah. Except for you that goes to the buffet, but. <laughs> and if you go to the buffet, I'm not putting my conviction. Now, this is a key. I want, I want to say this. You don't put your conviction on somebody else. So, if you still get to go to the buffet, praise the Lord. It's just, I can't go to the buffet. I could. I do go to the buffet. Only because the men drag me there. But I don't eat sweets. Thank you, Lord. So, how do we make the... Now, this is only just uh, the tip of the iceberg. But we have to hear it. And we have to hear it more than once. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by a continual hearing of the word of God. A continual hearing. It is a steady diet of the word of God. Then we have to, once we are hearing it, then we have to Release it. Now, I've been using the word confession and declare, but it's also a prophetic decree. Say, well, I can't say that because I'm not doing it. Prophetic words are given 
to bring a reality, a spiritual reality into your life. I used to have the confession. I thought about exercising and then I laid down until I got over it. <laughs> but I've, I've cast out that thought in the name of Jesus. So, we hear it, we believe it, we confess it, and then we have to turn around and act as if it's true. And I'm not telling you to throw away your glasses. I'm not telling you to get rid of your prescriptions. I did it, well, I didn't do it with her, but I told my physician about it. I'm not telling you to get ready, I'm not telling you any of that. It is, first of all, it's best to do small steps of faith. You know, back in the day, they used to teach kids how to swim by just throwing them out in the deep. It's not always a good way. How many of you ever learned to swim that way? Okay. You know, a better way, I taught Rebecca how to swim. When she was, hey, there you are. I better tell it right. When she was just a little baby, we fortunately, we were able to live in an apartment that had a swimming pool. And so she would hold around to my neck. She's just a little baby. Hold around my neck, and I'd say, take a breath. We're going to go underwater. She'd take a breath, and we'd just kind of go under. And she would tap, when she was ready to come up, she would tap me. <laughs> and then we would just come up, you know. One thing I was teaching her to hold her breath. I, you know, I wasn't going to leave her. I wasn't going to instill fear into her. <laughs> so to me personally, I think sometimes it's better. You know, sometimes we hear testimonies. How many of you heard a testimony? And man, somebody got this big thing, you know. And you think, well, I'm just going to go do that myself. Well, you better hear the word of the Lord before you do it yourself. I remember Kenneth Copeland, I'm quitting with this. He said one time, he said, you know, people hear my testimony, you know, and all they hear is the big stuff, but they didn't realize the years of struggle he had to go through. Yeah, right. Kenneth Copeland went through years of struggle before he became what we know today. So, a lot of times, you know, I'm not telling you to go out and get rid of anything, you know, unless it's sin, but I'm not telling you to get rid of anything. I'm not telling you to throw anything away. I'm just telling you to hear God, start believing, start declaring, prophetically declaring, and start acting as if it is true, whether it's baby steps or not. And then one of the things nice about baby steps is when you start to see victory in a baby step, you can take a little bigger step the next time, then a little bigger step the next time, then a little bigger step the next time. And you won't just be crawling, you'll get to where you're walking, and then after a while you'll go from the walk to the run, you will be able to run with the horseman. That's in the Bible. <laughs> 